Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? My teacher said that the oceans formed 3.8 billion years ago. Is that a fact? Did your teacher say how she knew? Was she there? Oh, Grandpa, it's in the science books, so it's got to be right. Don't go believe in everything you read in science books. Remember that those science books have to be revised and updated every few years just to keep up with everything they found out was wrong. But there's one book that has never needed second editions, and that's the Bible, God's Word. It's never been proven wrong. So maybe we ought to look there to find out when the oceans were formed. Here, read this. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void. The darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Okay, it says God formed the waters, but it doesn't say when. Couldn't it have been 3.8 billion years ago? What you read was about day one of creation week. To get clues about how long ago creation week happened, you got to read all those genealogies from chapters 5 and 11. From there, you got to read all that Moses wrote on the times the Israelites were in Egypt and then go to the book of Judges to find out how long Israel carried on till they got their first king. From there, you can count up the reigns of all the different kings. Then there's the times between the last king and the birth of Christ. When you count it all up, you come up with about 6,000 years or so, not billions. But... Can you scientifically prove that? You know, like in a laboratory? No, but neither can your teacher. However, since your teacher has been forced to teach about the concept of slow and gradual changes or uniformitarianism to explain how everything we see came about, you can use their own scientific methods to prove that the ocean can't be as old as she says it is. How do I do that? For one, you can point out that the ocean has a measurable saltiness, and it's getting salt here all the time. By checking the rate of increase in salt, you find out that the ocean cannot be more than 62 million years old. So, when their own so-called science gives obviously wrong answers, you ought to switch to a totally reliable source of information, such as the Bible. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Dr. Carl Williams, Terry Reed, and Ed Salzadel all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Carl, thank you again for a great skit to kick off our discussion. In the pre-production meeting, you went over the couple of theories that the secularists have about the age of the oceans. They believe that nearly 3.8 billion years ago, temperatures on Earth cooled below 100 degrees Celsius for the first time, allowing water, which existed on the planet in gaseous form, to condense into rain and collect planet's surface, according to the American Museum of Natural History. Now, one of the problems with this is it does some kind of hazy math, thinking that there would be enough water that hadn't boiled off from the Earth being a Hadean or molten blob, which not all mathematics agree with. They have two theories or hypotheses. One is oceans formed about 3,800 million years ago. They get this idea from sedimentary rocks called banded iron formation, which they think provides truth for that the surface water was indeed stable at 3,800 million years. However, no boundary condition can be defined by this layer. 
Simply put, there's no way to determine if this layer was deposited in the first ocean on Earth. Their second hypothesis, the oceans formed much earlier, at least 40 to 200 million years ago. The Jack Hill's dentrical zircons provide an actual timeline that records the magnetic ocean isotope compositions of magma on Earth. In this record, they see time before the influence of low temperature weathering was recorded as magmas prior to 4,200 million years. The interesting thing about that is the very zircons that they talk about show evidence of being formed within water in a cool environment, not in the Hadean environment that the secularists propose. All right, Terry, when you hear all this, what were you thinking? Well, it makes me think of what the Bible teaches us in Psalm 104. At your command, the water fled, and it says mountains rose and valleys sank. The uniformitarians who say that the earth is really old agree that the mountains were raised up and were once underwater. That explains why Mount Everest has sea fossils in its limestone. They just say that it happened very slowly. But 3,000 years ago, the Bible told us that the mountains were underwater, that the mountains were underwater and were raised up. This was long before anyone is recorded as climbing Mount Everest. And the Bible, which again scoops scientists by about 3,000 years, indicates it happened very quickly. Amen. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzadel. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. Our topic today is Age of the Oceans which from a secular viewpoint, they have some agreement that is about 3.8 to 4.2 billion years old for the age of our oceans. And they believe that the earth was originally a molten ball and that the water eventually came out of both existing water vapor and comet water. Both the science and the Bible tell a different story. One of the problems with our water coming out of comet water is about 50% of the water we find that are in comets is deuterium. Not the water that we find on the surface of the earth, but a very different water. Heavy water. Heavy water. And so if we were bombarded with comets, we should see at least a large portion of, of deuterium, which we do not see. A second problem with this is we find deep buried zircons in Precambrian rock, which show that they were formed in water. This does not fit with the Hadean idea of a molten earth, but it does fit with the biblical narrative. The biblical narrative says that everything initially was water, that the earth was formed out of water. And so these zircons fit with exactly what the Bible tell us. Carl, what are your thoughts on this? Well, there's several other clocks. Now, Grandpa talked about the saltiness of the earth, but there's several other clocks that are even more convincing of a young ocean. When we look at the accumulation of nickel in water, if we look at how fast it's accumulating, it wouldn't take more than a million years to get to the current level of nickel at the presently measured erosion of nickel into the water. So as water accumulates, it would, if we go back a million years ago, it would be totally gone. It wouldn't be any nickel at all, which would be kind of strange having the oceans be here for billions of years and yet only have a million years worth of nickel. That's using uniformitarian units of time, by the way. It's fascinating that you said nickel. Now, again, based on the current amount of runoff and the amount of deposits we see Mm -hmm. in terms of nickel, you say it would be a million years. That's a figure that's come up by some amount of research. However, that's assuming there was no global flood. Correct. And 
if there was a global flood, then that number goes way down very quickly. And again, it goes to a biblical number. One of the things I do during seminars when I start this whole discussion is I ask people, how old do you want the earth to be? (laughs) A hundred years old, a thousand years old, 2000 years old, a million, a billion. I can give you data which shows that you just gave data that shows that the ocean can't be more than a million years old. The amount of differing data out there is startling. Salination. The earth's oceans could reach their current salination point. That is the amount of salt that's contained with them in somewhere between 62 million and 100 million years based on the current amount of salt being added to the ocean. But again, if you have a worldwide flood, because that assumption is that that's just all at the same rate. But if you have a worldwide flood, that comes down to a six to 10,000 year old figure, which agrees with the Bible. Aluminum, the amount of aluminum that we find in our oceans and, and on the ocean floors could have all gotten there in the last hundred years. I always find that one fascinating because I think we have pretty good data to show the earth is older than a hundred years old. I quit throwing those cans in the water. <laughs> Magnesium could have could have all gotten into the oceans at the current levels that they are in forty five thousand years. The current silicon level eight thousand years. Potassium in eleven million. Copper in fifty thousand. Gold in five hundred sixty thousand years. Silver in a little over two million. Mercury in forty two thousand years. Lead in two thousand ten and a hundred thousand. And nickel. What was your quote? One million. Um, one million years. And the point is that all of the these go down to just a few thousand years if there was a worldwide flood, which all of these figures say, well, that wasn't even part of our calculation. So the biblical narrative is very believable here. One of the really fascinating things about your discussion of nickel is that one of the things we find from asteroids is they are very often made up of a good portion of nickel. And if the Earth has been around for 4.6 billion years and it's been bombarded with asteroids, we should have a huge store of nickel on the surface of the Earth. We don't find it. But wait a minute, there is rain, there is runoff, so maybe it's all in the ocean. And so the calculations of 4.6 billion years of bombardment with these kind of nickel asteroids would be that you should find about 960 pounds of nickel per square foot on the bottom of the oceans. You're laughing right now because we don't find anything close to that. Uh, Is that possible to have 960 pounds per square foot? Does it uh, fit? It it sounds like barbell time. Okay. (laughs) We're laughing because it's not true. One thing that we would recommend if people really want to get into this topic is Spike Pissaris has done a beautiful video on what you aren't being told about astronomy, volume one, our created solar system, which gets into not only this, but 38 other young solar system evidences for around our solar system. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott 
Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. 